Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. COVID death cult conservative bullies, are they winning? Let me give you a few data points here. This is from the Tennessean, the uh, newspaper in, in Tennessee. Quote, Tennessee's medical licensing board voted Tuesday to delete a policy opposing coronavirus misinformation from its website due to fears a powerful conservative lawmaker would otherwise dissolve the board and replace its members. Now, this was a policy that the Board of Medical Examiners for the state of Tennessee, these are the people who oversee doctors, right? Whether or not a doctor has a license. It's the Board of Medical Examiners. It's like to medicine what the Bar Association is to lawyers. And in Tennessee, they passed a resolution unanimously back in September saying that doctors who tell, who, who spread misinformation about COVID, doctors who say, oh yeah, ivermectin will cure you, here's, here's a prescription. Doctors who say, don't get the vaccine, you don't want to get, you know, doctors who say those kind of things will lose their medical licenses in Tennessee. They unanimously, you know, or say have their, have their medical licenses suspended anyway. They unanimously voted for that. And then this, this uh, crazed right winger, Representative John Reagan, R-A-G-A-N, he's a Republican from Oak Ridge, and he is co-chair of the Joint Government Operations Committee that apparently has some influence or power over the Board of Medical Examiners. And uh, as the Tennessean notes, over the past two months, Reagan sent at least three letters pressuring the board to delete the policy and appear before the committee to explain itself. Reagan later made a threat to dissolve the board. How dare you? In Michigan, Governor Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer, a, a great governor, a, a Democrat, said yesterday, or on the day before yesterday, on Monday, uh, she was talking to a, 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 a group of uh, employers in the state. And she said, we're an employer too, the state of Michigan is. I know that if the mandate happens, she's talking about Joe Biden's uh, mandate that has been stayed or held in, in place by by. Uh, Trump appointed federal judges, but Joe Biden's mandate that basically any employer with over, uh, I believe it's 100 employees, must mandate vaccines. She said, I know if that mandate happens, we're going to lose state employees. That's why I haven't proposed a mandate at the state level. Some states have. We have not. We're waiting to see what happens in court. Now, she's basically just punting. She's, she's you know, just just kick the ball down. The, just She's tr- trying, to, trying to ignore the, the controversy, as it were. I can tell you, here in Oregon, we have 40,000 people who are state employees here in Oregon. Our governor, Kate Brown, who's got a spine of steel in many ways, she said, you know, if, if you are not vaccinated by a certain date, and as I recall, that date was the 1st of December. I think it was last week. She said, if you're not vaccinated by this date, you lose your job. And she kept to it. And, 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 you know, all the Republicans were like, oh, my God, we're going to have, you know, 10,000 Oregon employees. How is the state going to function? You know, you can't you won't be able to get your driver's license renewed and you know, blah, blah, blah. They can't collect taxes because they won't have any tax. The headline in the Oregonian, our local newspaper last week. I know I've already shared this with you, but it bears repeating. Dozens of state employees fired for refusing vaccine out of 40,000. Dozens. And down in Florida, 
This is the headline from the Miami Herald. University of Florida researchers felt pressure to destroy COVID-19 data and not criticize Ron DeSantis. This is a report that was released Monday by the Faculty Senate Committee, a six-person panel convened three weeks ago to look into academic freedom issues. They were so disturbed that they, they, they went public with this. They said, we knew that there was more silencing and pressure coming from above, the big above. That would be Ron DeSantis. University of Florida employees were told not to criticize the governor of Florida, not to criticize policies related to COVID-19. They were told not to use their United, uh, University of Florida titles or affiliation in any public commentary or oral presentations. They were told that their funding would be in jeopardy if they didn't go along with Ron DeSantis' lies about COVID and masks and the science. The report goes on to say, and I quote, websites were required to be changed, the course syllabi had to be restructured, and that use of the terms critical and race could not appear together in the same sentence or document. It was about COVID and race. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. So are the bullies winning? I, you know, I used to walk a block out of my way to go home when I was 10 years old because of a bully. Is that what's going on here? with us is the first whistleblower on the COVID pandemic way back last year, the epidemiologist and senior fellow with the Federation of American Scientists, Dr. Eric Feigelding, formerly a faculty member and researcher at the Harvard Medical School and Harvard's T.A. Chan School of Public Health. Dr. Eric Ding, D-R-E-R-I-C-D-I-N-G is his Twitter handle. If you're not following him on Twitter, you need to get over there. Dr. Feigelding, welcome back to the program. Number one, what's the latest that we know about Omicron or Omicron, and, and how do you pronounce it? I think it's Omicron, and mm-hmm. I think right now the data is still early, but there's a lot of signs that not only cases are rising much, much faster than any other previous wave in South Africa, it's literally shooting through any of the previous curves. But it's also hospitalizations are also rising and rising fast. Like, for example, just last week on Friday, we knew that cases have in two weeks have increased tenfold. So 10x increase in hospitalizations from the two weeks prior. Is that a thousand percent if I'm doing my math right? Yeah, a thousand percent compared to what was two weeks ago. Right. Originally it was 3X, and then because of backfilling of hospitalizations, it went up X. The hospitalizations are surging too. Some people say, well, it's milder. The hospitalization is surging less steeply than the cases, but A, we have to think that uh, South Africa is now more vaccinated than its previous waves. South Africa is younger than the U.S. in many ways, and so it's most young people who are most infected and most hospitalized because they're less vaccinated. The proponents who say it's milder are ignoring the fact that it's younger people. So yes, it's compared to the U.S., the hospitalization rate is lower because it was younger at cases. And now it's also more vaccinated. And well, the other thing that they always they point out, deaths have not risen yet, but deaths usually lag by several more weeks. So we still have yet to figure that out. And of course, with the Omicron, we think that there is some sort of evasiveness against vaccines to some degree that allows it to spread faster. So we have to still be very vigilant. I'm guessing, what, two, three weeks before we really start seeing in the United States Omicron cases going from diagnosis to hospital to death and start being able to actually do those calculations and figure out what percentage of those people were vaccinated and how much or not at all or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So right now, the epicenter clearly is South Africa, Gauteng province, which includes Johannesburg, Pretoria, and whatnot. But it is spreading worldwide. It is in dozens of countries now worldwide. And we know, of course, the travel bans have been very frustrating. But I think in certain ways, it's not the travel bans we need. We need a border entry testing that U.S. still has not instituted yet. U.S. just shortened, for example, pre-flight testing from three days to one day. But we need border entry testing critically and and repeat testing because that's how they catch these cases. What other countries are doing that? Hong Kong is doing that. A lot of the Asian countries do that. Australia and New Zealand are doing that. Mm -hmm. And they're adding border quarantine as well. But for Europe, for the most part, doesn't do that. And U.S., of course, doesn't do that either. And that's, in certain ways, 
it's it's so leaky. You have to have a rival testing because if you don't have a rival testing, you have like for example Norway the the Christmas party. There was a hundred people at the Christmas party. Seventy people got infected at the Christmas party, and everyone had tested negative and were vaccinated before that. But obviously, they didn't test positive until several days later. One of them had South Africa travel brought it there. So wow. if you didn't have this repeat testing and quarantine, you wouldn't be able to stop these kind of outbreaks. And right. of course, they were all tested and vaccinated, which shows that we need to repeat tests and that we need boosters. We think boosters will help, but we are not sure in, in terms of the exact efficacy of two shots. People, many scientists are saying it's much, much lower than before. We don't have the exact number yet, but they're pretty certain that the efficacy against infection is much lower than before. Hospitalization will hopefully still hold up okay, but that's why we really need boosters. We've got a, a dozen or so of the uh, rapid test kits floating around the office here. I've, I was buying them back when they were available on Amazon. PCR tests, you know, the official tests, the, the, the fancy tests you go to, the, to a testing center or a hospital for, amplify the DNA and they actually test for the presence of the virus. Rapid antigen tests test for it's an antigen uh, that tests for proteins on the virus. Uh -huh. So it, it tests for, the, for example, the nucleocapsid protein of the virus. So it's actually testing for live virus. Oh, well, interesting. the PCR tests for the genetic material of the virus, but that can also include um, the genetic material from a dead virus too. So after right. a virus has already been killed off and then you have fragments, the fragments can still test positive. Okay. People were very frustrated for the longest time. In certain ways, a PCR can test for lower amounts, um, but it also tests for dead virus. Well, rapid antigen specifically tests for live virus. Right. You can't test positive until live infectious virus. Yeah, where I was going with that is I've been thinking of these as the PCR test being, you know, are you infected or have you been recently infected or whatever, you know, super gold standard test. But that the rapid tests that you can buy in the drugstore or online, that those rapid tests really, if you wanted to narrow it, we, you could say most accurately will definitely give you a positive signal if you are contagious, if you have the disease to the point where you're starting to actually produce viruses and expel them. Is that a reasonable way to think of them? Yes, I think it's mostly reasonable the way to think of them. Yes, the PCR is bigger net, but it also catches more non-infectious while the uh, rapid antigen catches definitely the big virus fishes, but occasionally it can also miss a few cases of uh, lower viral load. Right, which that's, would be early, that's early the infection. Between. Yeah. But, but, but between what I prefer is, you know, would you, if you're trying to drop sonar buoys to find a hidden enemy submarine, do you want to drop it every 10 miles and try to find it, or do you want to drop it every mile, every kilometer? and be able to find it, you know, 85, 90% of the time. I would rather drop my sonar buoy every mile to try to find it. That's greater chance. Which is finding. the home tests, right? Yeah, which is yeah. the home rapid yeah. test. Yeah. So what does this tell us about Christmas? I mean, should we, I've got enough, uh, you know, COVID tests at home that if I invite family or friends over for Christmas, I could ask everybody to just, you know, sit in the bathroom for 15 minutes and test yourself. Or is that, you know, over the top hysteria? I don't think it's over the top. I think it's very precautious. I think it depends. Is everyone boosted? Because we know that with vaccine uh, the, uh, waning, that a booster really, really helps. So we're increasing in protection against infection and hospitalization back into the 90s. Or else without a booster, your waning has, uh, after six months, can easily wane to 60%, 50% efficacy against infection and hospitalization I can wane to the um, mid-80s, the low-80s. But with a booster, you get both numbers back into the 90s. And that's why it's so critical. And then if you're, if everyone's boosted, like uh, everyone in my family is, and then, then the testing, it's still precautious and you should do it. But, but if you're not boosted, testing definitely is very, very critical. Right. And I would have them test the day before and upon arrival at the, at the party because... Yeah. You know, some people's tests could be like a day or two old. But yeah, I, I, I know some folks in, in Hollywood who, who just do this. I mean, they've got a part of their house where people have to go and sit and wait while their 15-minute test is processed, and they've been doing it for six months or more. Two last questions. Number one, what do you think of Mayor de Blasio's vaccine mandate for all businesses in New York City? And, and number two, 
when should we expect these pills the, to come out of the marketplace that might help people early on in a, in a COVID infection? So I think the vaccine mandate is good. My actual concern and the criticism these days is that fully vaccinated should be defined as three shots, not just two. Right. Two shots is not enough in the face of Omicron and also vaccine waning. Three shots uh, triples your antibody levels. It's really critical that you get the booster. Please, everyone, get a booster. Going forward, you really, really need to be vigilant against Omicron. I cannot stress enough. And I think that for Christmas, if you're not protected with three shots, please, please, you should not consider yourself fully protected as Omicron is growing. Right. And when do you expect the antiviral pills will become available? Well, I don't think the drugs are that important. Like the monopiravir, by the way, the efficacy is only 30 percent instead of 50 percent. And there's also concern about whether they cause cancer because they're mutagenic. Their function is to cause cancer and mutations. And uh, there's hot debate about, you know, these treatment drugs will prevent you from going to the hospital to some degree, 30 percent lower risk. But they're not like 80, 90 percent as effective as vaccines. And again, they carry some cancer risk and they're expensive. And so I, even if they're coming out soon, with, uh, the Merck one, I do not think it's going to be able to slow down the pandemic per se. Right. But the monoclonal antibodies are still first line if somebody gets an infection. Yes, for now. Yes. Yeah. But OK. In face of Omicron, we actually don't have efficacy for that. There you go. Dr. Eric Feigelding, if you're not following him on Twitter, get over there and check it out. D-R as in doctor, E-R-I-C. D-I-N-G is his Twitter handle. Dr. Feigelding, thanks so much for dropping by. Thank you. And our crazy alert for the day. I've got to share this with you. Over at Daily Kos, they've been doing this daily piece. As far as I can tell, it's daily. Marcos, I think, himself was writing them for a while, and now it's their staff. They call it the Anti-Vax Chronicles. And what they do is a deep dive using social media, most of this stuff is coming off Facebook, into the, the minds of people who have died of COVID. And because they're dead, they're now, you know, you can use their names and you can identify them, you know, without fear of retribution. This is bizarre. They start with the husband. This is from a Facebook post or a social media post. They don't specify that it's, well, yeah, it is Facebook. Finally heard from the doctor today. I love that man. He is so well-connected. He said, be patient. Turn your TV off. Don't listen to the fake news. They're trying to keep us apart. They're trying to arrest us for not taking a vaccine, which is totally illegal. I don't care what they pass. Read the 14th Amendment. It says right there that all 50 states that agree on upon something as to take the vaccine, that they cannot force you. If they try, they will be removed from their public office and arrested. So do your research, people. The 14th Amendment, read it. Do not let mainstream media or the fake Joe Biden cloud your mind. Blotty, 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 blah. Okay, it goes on. So then, that's the husband. Then the wife. Okay, on another update, our son has been t- had another setback. He is now being put on a ventilator. Please pray that he will not take his life, that this will give his lungs a chance to breathe. He doesn't have much more. Please pray. Help me fight for my son. My husband got to move down a ward, had his pap mask removed. So both the husband and the kid are now in the hospital. This is the husband who just earlier was saying this is a this is a commie plot, essentially. The doctor said he shouldn't be uh, never seen it in anyone in this stage. He's walking all good. Keep your prayers. Keep sending them. So the husband and son are in the hospital and the son is in deep trouble. He's been put on a ventilator. And then the wife COVID from hell. Literally, it's from hell. The Lord showed me and my prayer warriors that some nurses are witches and have been sent to take out Christians. No joke, it's real, folks. And, you know, her husband uh, recovered, but uh, the son apparently didn't. Oh, and they, they also said Joe Biden is dead. He's, he's, he's an actor standing in for him. One person on Reddit commented on this saying, my wife is an ICU a respiratory nurse in a big city hospital all of the COVID patients end up in her unit when they need a ventilator. A year ago, they were celebrated as heroes, that the nurses. Today, they are yelled at, blamed, and called witches because the only patients that end up in these COVID ICU units are unvaccinated. They're all true believers. 
So in addition to tagging multiple toes per shift, 100% of her patients and, and their families think she has culpability in their loved one's death. She talks about quitting almost every day. 30% of her unit's nurses have already quit. Can you imagine working in one of these units where 100% of the people who are dying are unvaccinated and they are all asserting that you as the nurse who is caring for them or as the physician who is caring for them or as the physician's assistant or as the respiratory therapist, that you are a witch, that you are demonic, that you are. There was another piece uh, that I read this morning about how now there are these lawsuits being filed against hospitals after people die because the hospital refused to give them ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. You wouldn't give them that horse deworming stuff. You wouldn't give them the, the malaria drug and therefore they died of COVID. When in fact, what we know from the actual science is that ivermectin doesn't do anything for COVID although it does strain your body. I mean, it's designed to kill multicellular organisms, right? Parasites. It's a poison. Low dose, yeah, it'll kill your head lice, but, you know, is that, or the worms if you've got them. And hydroxychloroquine it doesn't, does nothing for, for COVID, but it increases your risk of a heart attack. It causes heart arrhythmias. Now, none of these lawsuits are going to succeed, but can you imagine the hassle? If you're a doctor or a nurse or a hospital and you're having to defend these things, can you imagine just working in a hospital and be told by people whose lives you're trying to save that you're, that you're satanic, that you are evil? I mean, they're literally getting in fights. People are being assaulted. Nurses and doctors in hospitals are being assaulted by COVID patients because they won't give them ivermectin. This is how bizarre it's gotten. And, and where is this coming from? It's coming out of Fox News. It's coming out of right-wing hate media. It's coming out of these bizarre sportscasters who have decided that they are health experts like Joe Rogan. It is coming out of, out of uh, you know, Facebook groups. It is coming out of social media. It is coming out of the Republican Party. This is so sad. Melissa in St. Charles, Illinois. Hey, Melissa, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. Much respect to you. I have an answer to your question. You said, will the bully, the bully win? And I will say yes if we do not hold them accountable. Accountable. Amen. It's like the abusive spouse. My ex-boyfriend went uh, QAnon. I called you before about him. Um, when it was all going down, I was afraid to come home. I live here. It's my house. I had to call the police. They sent five police officers out. They did nothing. They stood with him laughing at me. He was telling them, oh, she's crazy. She's, cr she's so crazy. I'm standing on the street. He's on my porch with the five officers just laughing at me. So the next morning, I went to the courthouse, and I filed a restraining order, and they removed him immediately because he had lit some of my stuff on fire. So my point is... If we, like the abused spouse in the scenario, the Democrats, do nothing and just let them run all over us and say, oh, they did this, they did that, but never do anything. I mean, we had the Mueller report. Why are we not prosecuting the former guy? Like, I mean, I agree. You know? I'm with you. I, it's, it's like it's like uh, it's like Merrick Garland is, is, is afraid of being bullied. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to be strong when he came in because, I mean, he had tears in his eyes when he was talking about how people were abused in the past, like the, the Jewish people and, and whatever. And we need to do something because the people on the, the right side are saying that, you know, since nothing happened, it, you know, like, look at when he was impeached. There was a big, a big uh, newspaper that said he was acquitted. And then everyone said, oh, nothing happened. No, he wasn't. He no, he was not acquitted. Twice. He was simply not convicted. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Melissa. And, and we do need to be fighting back. Thank you very much. So very, very well said. I appreciate the call. Tom Harvin here with you, picking up your calls. Steve in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Steve, what's up? These people who are in the hospital or can't get in the hospitals and stuff, it's just infuriating that they won't get vaxxed and, or, and boosted. We're all vaxxed and boosted. It's maddening. We were in Phoenix Airport three times, different times this year, or six actually, coming and going. 
I'd say 5% of the people wandering around Phoenix International aren't, aren't, don't have masks on, and that's just infuriating. That's crazy. It, it is. It is. It's crazy that yeah. the airport is allowing that. I, I'm pretty sure they don't allow that here in the Portland airport. Well, it is. It is. Um, LAX, I didn't see nothing going on there. You mean everybody was wearing a mask at LAX at the Los Angeles? Airport? I think so. This was yeah. this was in, in August, back when you know we were in Redondo Beach and we were in that shooting at the pier. You know, I told oh, you about. Right. Um, back in Dane County, there was a mask mandate because we went back there in mid-November and uh, celebrate our wedding our anniversary. And also in Rosemont, they had uh, ma- vax mandates or mask mandates. Kenosha County, not at all. But where I'm going so you're with this, yeah, it's yeah in Wisconsin. So it's infuriating. It's just infuriating. Um, but my wife came up with this idea, and I think it's a good one. Um, we need to establish field hospitals to put these people who are unvaxxed and need care, put them out in the parking lot or whatever, and save the hospitals for people that need treatment for various medical conditions, whatever it may be. Um, I myself, I'm, I'm actually considered a stage 4 cancer because of my prostate. I had a one millimeter spread. Luckily, a year later, I'm, I'm undetectable still. But I don't know where mine's going to go. And there's so many people that need brain surgery, um, any type of surgery that's out there possible. And it's infuriating that these people that won't do the right thing are clogging it up. Tom, I'm going to let you go because I appreciate you letting me go on here. Thanks so much, buddy. Yeah, good talking to you, Steve. I, you know, it, it is a crisis. It is a crisis right now. The lies that are being promoted in right-wing media and by the Republican Party are creating a crisis for hospitals all across the United States. It's wrong. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. And there needs to be some kind of an accountability here. Secondary hospitals or other buildings for people with, who won't vaccinate, fine. Debbie in uh, Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Hey, Debbie, what's on your mind today? They were calling the nurses and doctors witches. Well, right-wingers on Facebook. I just got out of the hospital with COVID. Oh, my. Pneumonia. I'm so sorry to hear that. uh, I'm 68 years old. I'm lucky that I made it through. Mm -hmm. I had my shot. Mm -hmm. And I masked up everywhere I went, which was mainly the grocery store. And I still got it. Yeah. And they said, if I wouldn't have had the shot, I was possibly have died. Right. So I was, I was admitted to hospital the 16th of November for acute respiratory failure due, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And while in the hospital, they gave me a five-day course of remdesivir and a nine-day course of decadon steroid mm-hmm. and oxygen. Right, which is all and the they protocol were the right best, now. Right, and they were the best people. They worked so hard with me and helped me. And for someone to call them witches really, really breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Debbie. It's, uh, it is so unfortunate. I, 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 I just, you know, at, at times you just don't know what to say. You know, it's uh, the, 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 the lies and, and slanders that are spreading, uh, particularly on Facebook by these right-wingers are just, just pathetic. Debbie, thank you That's for the why call. I won't, e- I won't even look at Facebook. Yeah. It's yeah. just, uh, I think a lot of the internet has ruined this world. Yeah, it's become, it's become a sewer. Debbie, thank you for the call it's, it's, uh, and, yes. and for sharing your story with us. It's very, very considerate of you. Tucker in Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Hey, Tucker, what's on your mind today? I want to talk to uh, victims of Fox News. Okay. I just lost one of my longest and best friends, oldest and best friends to COVID because he fell victim of Fox News and propaganda. Oh, no. And we, for the last couple of years, we've been arguing and arguing and arguing since Trump took office about politics, but then COVID. And he just kept saying, it's a hoax. It's a hoax. And I'm like, no. And I told him, I said, with your health issues, if you get COVID, you're going to die. And I really wish I was wrong, but we just lost him on Saturday. Wow. He was in the hospital, and no one told me, I think, because of politics. And I didn't find out till the night before he passed. And up until then, his wife was saying, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Of course, she's getting vaccinated now, right. but it's too late. And oh, I, feel, so I just feel so bad because these people are victims of Fox News and propaganda. Yeah, I went through Messenger to all the propaganda he sent me. There's almost a dozen. And, of course, my rebuttal, and I quoted you many times, I'm sure. And he just wouldn't listen, no matter what I said. And we've been friends our entire lives. And, and it's a horrible loss. And it's, 
senseless. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, Tucker. And here's the thing that has me baffled. There's a guy named Charles Gabba who's a you know a number cruncher guy, and he's been doing on the on the internet. He's been keeping track of COVID deaths and where they're happening. To really get the clearest case, he's taken the 10 percent of the reddest counties in America. Okay, the 10 percent that are that of the heaviest vote for Trump. And the 10 percent of the bluest counties in America, the, the, where Biden got the highest percentage. And you just compare the death rates, the COVID death rates in those two mm-hmm. kinds of counties. It's a 600 percent difference. You are six times more likely to die of COVID in the 10 percent of counties that are the reddest than you are in the 10 percent of counties that are bluest. And what I can't figure out, and maybe you have some insight into this from talking to your friend, Tucker, is why is it that the Republican leadership, why is it that, that you know, the people who are running the Republican Party, why is it that the, the billionaires who own Fox News and who fund many of these right-wing um, media outfits and, and who own the big uh, radio networks that they, you know, thousands of radio stations spewing right-wings, and, and, the, and the multimillionaires who are on these networks, you know, the Tucker Carlson's, well, I, he may even be a billionaire. He's the heir to the Swanson Foods fortune. Um, but, you know, why is it that they are promoting an idea that is killing their own people, their own voters? I don't understand it. I wish I could answer that. I don't know. They're, they are. They're killing their own supporters, their own viewers. And when I talked to my friend's son, the nurse in the ICU said there is not one person in there with COVID that was vaccinated. Everyone in the ICU with, with COVID was non-vaccinated. That's Everyone what I'm hearing from my vaccinated. kids who work at the at OHSU at the hospital here in town, too. Same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, occasionally there's one who slips through, but it's a person who was on immunosuppressive drugs, so the vaccine didn't take, or a person who just has, you know, profound health issues or is 89 years old or something like that. But, but uh, it is just, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Tucker, I'm so sorry to hear about your, your, your best friend. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I appreciate your coming on and sharing the story with us uh, from Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Thank you very much. And, and, Thank you, Tom. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Sandra in Omaha, Nebraska. Sandra, what's on your mind today? I guess I've kind of reached my tolerance level today, and it just kind of hit me. All these people that choose not to be vaccinated, are clogging up the hospitals. They're wearing out our, our professionals to the point that they're quitting because they can't take it anymore. And yep. people that need a doctor need a hospital because of uh, appendicitis or they need uh, a broken leg fixed or a heart attack or whatever. Can't get in because there's no beds available. And I've reached the point where, you know, I'm, I'm done. I want everybody in every medical facility, every doctor, every nurse to say, you know what? If you've got your vaccines or if you've got proof for some reason you cannot be vaccinated, we will treat you. Otherwise, stay home because we will quarantine anyone who is not vaccinated. You will stay home until you are because this is two years now of this crap and hospitals are just being pushed to the limit. Uh, People can't see a doctor when they need to. And they're falling through the cracks because of heartless, selfish vaccine deniers who won't listen to reason. So yeah. I'm, I'm done with them. I'm tired. I'm, they're off my Christmas list. They're off my list of everything else. Yeah. I'm done with them. I'm with you, Sandra. That's, I, I that's why I yeah. should just say no. On, on Friday, you know, I, uh, my Hartman Report uh, published piece was basically, you know, it, it's time to have a national vaccine mandate, bring in vaccine passports and and treat these folks like pariahs and uh you should have read my twitter feed friday afternoon and saturday i mean people calling me a fascist and a nazi and you know when did you sign up for i don't even use twitter yeah no it was just it was just it was crazy and 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 uh you know apparently a couple of right wingers uh, reposted my piece into the right wingosphere and it's like the wrath of god came down on me but i'm i'm with you i am with you i you know i i get it you know, in medicine, you know, it's like, uh, you know, on the one hand, doctors don't say to somebody who, you know, is in, in, in a crisis uh, with, uh, say, lung disease or, or uh, you know, has passed out from, um, you know, a lack of insulin, 
Um, they don't say, uh, do you have do you have lung disease because you smoke cigarettes, or are you lack you know are you having a crisis with your diabetes because you weigh too much and you ate too much food, or what you know how, that whole moral failing BS argument right. about weight. Right. Um, you know, doctors just don't do that. You you just don't right. do that. You give people the help they need, regardless of the choices that they made in their lives, or things that people think are choices that aren't. You know, like weight. Uh, more often right. than not, but, but this is this is way beyond lives. that. This is this yeah. has gone way beyond that point. Yeah, they're costing other people who have been responsible their lives because they can't get a bed. Oh when yeah, they have to fly them 500 miles across state lines to find an open bed. That's insane. I agree. I completely agree. Sandra, thank you. Thank you very much for the call, Patrick in East Lansing, Michigan. Hey, Patrick, thanks for watching us on Facebook Live. What's up? Lots of people talk about the right to an abortion, and they also talk about the right not to wear a mask and not to get vaccinated. And I just want to comment that neither right exists, and it's just absolutely clear, and we need to just stop talking that way. Um, I worked on the Casey decision at the Third Circuit with Judge Alito on the panel, and I've represented the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. And I'm aware of the language of Casey and what it did and what it didn't do. And it made very clear that it's protecting a woman's right to control her body free of restraint. Um, but it's not giving her a right to an abortion, and it's not in conflict the right, with the right of the fetus. So it enshrines this liberty interest that we as Americans, by a very large majority, support, which is this freedom from restraint. And I know freedom from restraint has these two parts. One is to do what you want to do, and one is not to harm others. And in the case of abortion, the woman's right to control her, her body in the first trimester and most of the second trimester um, allows her to be free of intrusion like the government does when it forces medical treatment or sterilization or tortures you or holds you without due process. This is a due process right. Similarly, people say they have a right in the Constitution not to wear a mask. They have no such right because they don't have a right to get me sick. Well, look they at the 1905 right. Jacobson case before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court specifically ruled that, uh, in fact, here, this is just uh, one sentence. The Constitution does not, or two sentences, the Constitution does not import an absolute right in each person to be at all times and in all circumstances wholly free from restraint. A community has the right to protect itself against an epidemic, and its members may at times, under the pressure of great dangers, be subject to such restraint to be enforced by reasonable regulations as the safety of the general public may demand. This was a, this is a vaccination case. It had to do with smallpox, but it was a vaccination case. 1905. I only wanted to add one thing. I mean, my my daughter is in high school, and she was coughed on by a young man who wouldn't get vaccinated, who wanted to get vaccinated. Her parents wouldn't allow it. They don't require testing. They don't require quarantine for people exposed. If you're, um, is this in East Lansing Public Schools? Yes. My wife and went to school no, there. <laughs> that's no that's shocking. Required. So, Those so are very upscale schools. Man, well, but I, then you know what I'm talking about. But this is that this is a school that should have better rules. But these rules are in the whole state. This uh. young man went to a hospital. Okay, he got very sick. Um, but they weren't protecting the people he was coughing all over. And I just want to mention that this is what's going on across the places where Republican governors are banning mask mandates. And it got so bad in Arkansas that Asa Hutchinson, the governor, who actually adopted the mask mandate, begged the courts to enjoin it, saying it was a disaster with the Delta variant. That's what happened in Florida without Governor DeSantis coming to the light. And that's what happened in Texas, where the courts enjoined the taking away of democracy and mask mandates in San Antonio and Houston being overruled, and the courts reinstated them. And that's what happened in Georgia. So the Republicans are very, very confused. They want to take away democracy at the local level. They want to create a right that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Patrick. Well, but I don't think confused is quite the right word. I think hypocrite is a better word, but I'm, I'm with you. Patrick, thank you very much for the call. Eric in Seattle. Hey, Eric, what's on your mind today? The Omicron variant came from South Africa. The Delta variant came from India. I mean, Actually, we're not Delta. certain of that, Eric. The South Africans oh, are saying uh, that they believe it was uh, circulating in Europe and that it came from Europe, but who knows? Yeah. But anyhow, what's your point? Yeah, well, well, my question is, uh, basically back in November of 2020, India and the South Africa are, you know, you know, lobbying that they released a patent waiver. 
And um, I, I just don't see how Biden says he can mandate, you know, hundreds of millions of Americans that they have to, you know, take the vaccine, but he can't constitutionally mandate the pharmaceutical companies release the patent. Even though we financed, you the know, the problem isn't he, he arguably he could do that in the United States under the Defense Production Act. He could force them to allow other American companies within the United States to manufacture vaccines. But that's not the problem. We've got more vaccines than we need here in the United States. In fact, we're the largest. We are giving away more vaccines to more countries around the world than any other country on Earth. The problem is countries outside the United States and companies outside the United States. And those are not controlled by the United States Constitution or U.S. law. They're controlled by the World Trade Organization, which came into being in the 1990s as a result of Ronald Reagan's uh, you know, revived uh, General Agreement on Tariff and Trade Negotiations, the GATT negotiations. And the World Trade Organization has final say on these things, on any kind of intellectual property disputes. And the World Trade Organization has not uh, adopted the, the so-called TRIPS waivers, the intellectual property waivers. So that's the problem, Eric. Does it make sense? Yeah, I just think there should be more pressure on Biden, on them. I'm sure he could, you know, we're American, we could, you know, push our weight to get bills released. And it seems like just vilifying your neighbor who's just making a choice, you know, to have a medical procedure done or not versus, you know, a pharmaceutical company could release two billions across the world to stop these variants kind of sending the wrong message you know i think it just more increases vaccine sales you know than actually well there's no doubt that the vaccine companies are making money hand over fist on this thing and and that apparently they're fighting the the trips waivers as well and i think that that's immoral at the very least and and destructive to human life on the planet at the most uh eric thank you for the call How do you deal with bullies? I think that that's really an important question. I don't think enough people in the United States, enough commentators, enough of the public discussion right now is about the bullying that is going on. I mean, what in Tennessee, threatening uh, uh, the medical board if they expose doctors who are quacks, which raises the question, why would the Republicans be doing this? Well, obviously they want the pandemic to continue. Um, down in Florida, threatening academics, uh, universities, researchers, and, and teachers if they discuss anything that has to do with COVID or race or Ron DeSantis's bizarre notion that you shouldn't wear masks, so that they're ineffective. I mean, this is, you know, I, even like I said, the governor of Michigan is backing down in the face of these bullies. How do you best deal with bullies? I think you call them out. I think you confront them. I think the advice that my dad gave me when I was nine years old that I didn't follow, I was afraid to follow, you know, punch him back, uh, it is the best advice. Instead, I, you know, I walked a couple blocks out of my way uh, to get home to avoid walking by Dennis in his house, right? <laughs> it's like, I think, you know, at some point you've got to stand up to these people. Jessica in Chicago. Hey, Jessica, what's on your mind? Bullies are winning, but we did not allow the cousins to come here. Anti-vax, just terrible rhetoric. We didn't let them come for Thanksgiving. And the reason, one of the reasons my husband said the cat will get coronavirus. So that was his big reason. But I wanted to say to you. Because your cat's not vaccinated, right? <laughs> yeah. Felines can die. And oh, I think I in Trump's. I think we had a cat. I, I forget which zoo it was. I don't think it was an yeah. Oregon zoo, but there was there was a, a big cat that died of, of COVID very recently in one of our zoos. Um, Trump's death toll needs to include animals. Three snow leopards. We love the snow leopards. Mm -hmm. And the Nebraska Zoo died from a coronavirus. That was The, the tigers you. are dying. The apes can get it. The hippos in the Belgian Zoo have coronavirus now. So all these people, all these humans that, uh, you know, they don't care. They're, they're killing defenseless animals. It, it, and that senator that took all the pictures with his guns, well, guess what? If these hunters don't even need to kill the animals now. They're dying of coronavirus. I'm just so upset about that. Yeah, yeah that was Thomas Massey, the Republican, and now uh, Lauren Boebert yesterday 
tweeted out a picture of her and her four boys with uh, all with assault weapons. It was like, hey, you know, 180,000 American kids are, are dead from guns since 1963. Your kids are dead, but mine aren't. Here they are with their guns. I mean, it's just bizarre. It's just absolutely bizarre. In fact, that's the graphic up at the top of uh, Democratic Underground right now. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing. Jessica, thank you. Thank you for the call. A couple other things I want to put on your uh, radar screen. The first has to do with health, Omicron or Omicron, the uh, new variant on the virus. The, uh, some new data just came out of uh, paralaboratory tests on Omicron and uh, the Pfizer vaccines specifically, which are the most widespread, uh, you know, most, most widely used vaccines in the United States. Mark Sumner wrote this over at Daily Kos, who, who's a very reliable source. The, the title is, Tests Show Omicron Incompletely Escapes Pfizer Vaccine, But Boosters Should Restore Effectiveness. And that's the bottom line. I'll give you the punchline first. The punchline is, if you've only had two shots, Omicron can still get you. If you've had your booster, you're in good shape. So, you know, that's, that's the, the, the headline, as it were. Uh, here's the data. New data, uh, Mark Sumner writes, from a pair of laboratory tests shows that the level of antibodies produced by the Pfizer uh, biotech, BioNTech uh, against, you know, that can fight the Omicron uh, variant is significantly reduced. However, he writes, those who have received a booster shot may enjoy about the same level of protection against Omicron that those with the initial two-shot regimen had against Delta. Now, these were studies done both in South Africa and in Germany. And what they found, he says overnight, and this was just published today, he says overnight tests in both South Africa and Germany. By the way, these are, these are tests where they're taking human lung tissue from, uh, you know, that, from people who have uh, passed away but, but uh, have, have, were infected with Omicron or were infected with uh, Delta and subjecting and keeping that tissue alive on a petri dish and then subjecting it to the virus. So these are not epidemiological studies. We are not far enough into this Omicron thing to know what the epidemiology of it is going to be. Uh, that's, that's like Eric Feigelding's, you know, specialty. But so this is actual lab tests. And so back to the back to the quote, tests in both South Africa and Germany show that the level of antibody expression against Omicron is 37 to 41 times lower than against other variants. Now that's huge. That would be 3,100% or 4,700% lower. He said, even so, uh, Mark Sumner writes, the levels of antibodies produced are still high enough to have an impact. Uh, they may keep you from dying or keep you out of the hospital. But this is uh, the, Africa, the Africa Health Research Institute, which uh, did one of these two studies uh, notes right in the title of their of their study. The title is, quote, Omicron incompletely escapes immunity induced by the Pfizer vaccine. In other words, sometimes it gets through and sometimes it doesn't. The results were consistent with another smaller study that was conducted by Pfizer and BioNTech over in Germany where they found the same thing. For patients in the vaccine alone group, the, the drop in antibody expression was enormous, 41 times lower then against past variants. But once you got that booster shot, antibodies level, antibody levels increased 25 times in samples where patients had received a booster. The results of both studies, Mark Sumner writes, show that people who have had a booster or those who've had full vaccination following a past infection, which would be sort of like the same thing as a booster, uh, are likely to be well protected against Omicron. So. You know, eventually, I think uh, we're all going to be uh, probably facing this virus in one way or another. Uh, let's do it well boosted if we must do it uh, well boosted so that it just turns out to be like a nasty cold. Pat in Bainbridge Island, uh, Washington. Hey, Pat, what's up? I'm a beneficiary of a liver transplant, and I want to go back to some conversations you had last week. Mm -hmm. Um I've done everything I can do to stay alive. I had non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It wasn't from drinking. Mm -hmm. And these people who won't take the vaccine, that then the doctors don't want to do a transplant on them. I agree. 
if you're so you want life so much, why won't you reach out and take every precaution you can? Right. Well, these people are putting your life in danger because you're on immunosuppressive drugs as a as a transplant recipient. Am I correct? I am. I'm on tacrolimus, mycophenolate, things. I'm on 17 pills a day. Whoa. And, oh, twice a day. And that's to stay alive. Right. And I accept that. But these people who, who think they're entitled to a transplant but don't want to take a vaccine, I, Tom, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. And, and one of the big problems that we have right now is uh, with lung transplants because, you know, COVID attacks the lungs and, and uh, something like one in 10 lung transplants right now is going to, or maybe it was nine out of 10. I, I, I did the report a week or so ago. I, I'm sorry, I don't recall this. I know. The specific statistics, but some huge, some substantial quantity of lung transplants are going to people who had COVID and it's diminishing the pool of lung transplants available to people who need them because of COPD or, or exposure in the workplace to asbestos or to you know other things that can damage your lungs. And, and um, I, I think that there is a growing sense in the medical community that uh, people who chose, intentionally chose not to get vaccinated uh, perhaps have chosen not to get that, you know, to get the lung transplant. But, but, they're, but they're trying very hard not to be political, you know, and, and the Republicans have turned this virus into a political issue, sadly. It's, it, it's not fair to those of us who really want to live and will do everything we can possible right. to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, all I have to say, Tom. I, I get it, Pat. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for the call, Pat. It's it's nice to hear from you, Debbie in Prescott, Wisconsin. Hey, Debbie, thanks for watching us on Facebook. What's up? Hey, hey yeah, I don't know if I'm on Facebook today, but oh, okay, I'm talking to you. But um, thank you first and foremost for being my current events historian <laughs> and You're keeping welcome. me up to date on everything between you and Heather Cox Richardson. I'm living Isn't my she life. Brilliant? Um, I love her. I just yeah. love her. Yeah, I've subscribed and to her Substack newsletter. I think it's just marvelous. Same here. So um, kudos to both of you. Um, and I have been out of school for 50 years, so now you know how old I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm an old RN. Um, and I uh, worked for Mayo Clinic Health Systems, which is a subsidiary of Mayo Clinic. And mm -hmm. I'm still a patient there. Mm -hmm. And are, you know who Andy Slavitt is, don't you? The name is sounds familiar. I don't recall exactly who. He he was he was a he worked for Obama in the medical Medicare Medicaid area, I think. Uh -huh. And then Biden uh, signed him as the senior pandemic advisor for the first six months. He's no longer doing it, right. but he has an excellent podcast, and I do listen to his podcast. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks ago, he was talking about you know, our vaccine cards and how they're, and I don't know who he is and who they are, but I think it's healthcare, the healthcare industry um, are all getting together and they're forming this. It's going to be some kind of a IT. Uh, it's going to be on our phone. It's all smart. It's all going to be running in the background so that all of our vaccine information will be um, in our phones as a QR code, very much like an airline ticket, right. you know, when you board a pay You're talking about a vaccine airline. passport. You're so he's saying exactly. that industry across the board is developing the uh, vaccine passport? Yes, yes. And so Friday, last Friday, I had to have a COVID-19 test done because I had cataract surgery on Monday and I had to make sure I didn't have COVID. So when I went to my Mayo Clinic app, um, you know, to get the results, there was a QR code for my my COVID-19 test, which was negative, and also on my app where my was a QR code for all my, my vaccines. Mm -hmm. So it's already there. So yeah. I'm all excited and I'm, you know, passing this out to other people to pay attention. And, you know, if you have an app for your health care, you know, whatever, you know, wherever you get your health care, um, it's going to be the wave of the future. And I think it's going to help all of us with you know, anybody that's trying to prevent, you know, like say they've been vaccinated and they really haven't. Been. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, that's the all CDC, I really wanted to the say. The CDC is already, you know, quite a ways down this road. If you go to the CDC website and or just uh, plug into a search engine, V-safe, V like vaccine-safe yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, and CDC, 
The CDC has a website where you can essentially register yourself. They immediately connect with your data from the state yep. data pool. They mm -hmm. found, you know, I just plugged in my, I think it was my name and my social security number. I could be wrong. It might have been my address. And instantly they brought up my, my vaccine history from the state of Oregon. And then they created yep. a uh, what looks like a vaccine passport. And the only thing that they're lacking right now is an app. And I am convinced that they they have an app ready and they just haven't rolled it out because vaccine passport has been, you know, so politically it produces so much no. political hysteria. But they're I ready. I totally agree. I totally agree. And when I worked in family medicine, that is really we went to that V-Safe website to check on vaccines from kids that were from other states and yeah. whatnot. So yeah. it's been out there for a long time. There Thank you, you very much and happy holidays. Thank you, Debbie. Happy holidays to you, too. And, and thanks for the heads up. That's that's good yep. news. So it's great to hear. Tom Harmon here with you. And I uh, just wanted to share a couple of quick things here with you. Um, I think this is one of the something that we really need to pay some attention to. Back in July, uh, Joe Biden issued a series of rules. Mark Sumner is writing about this over at Daily Kos, by the way, um, a guy who's writing I just really admire. Um, he's writing, in July, President Biden issued a series of rules requiring that federal workers and workers at companies that receive federal contracts must be vaccinated. That included health care workers in hospitals that re receive federal money through Medicare and Medicaid. And now a federal district judge in Missouri struck down that mandate for health care workers. And just before that, a three-judge panel in Texas had struck down uh, the mandate for everybody except health care workers. So what do these cases have in common? Trump-appointed judges. This is why the Republican Party has been focusing on the court system for decades. If you, okay, if you control the courts, you control the country. It's just that simple. In this case, it was District Judge Matthew Shelp, S-C-H-E-L-P. And he, his ruling is just full of, like, political rant. He says... Uh, this, you know, this rule that would mandate that healthcare workers in hospitals be vaccinated, right? He says it would create a politically and economically vast federalism altering and boundary pushing mandate. He said it's the mandate, not the virus. It's the mandate that is a threat that, quote, significantly underestimates the burden that his mandate would impose on the ability of healthcare facilities to provide proper care and thus save lives. In other words, mandating that everybody in a hospital who works in a hospital to be vaccinated is going to interfere with their duty, with their job to save lives. He says the loss of staffing in many instances will result in no care at all, as such as some facilities will be forced to close altogether, which is just a flat out lie, which I guess you should ex expect from a Trump judge. His ruling, by the way, uh, spans 10 states, Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota and Wyoming. So if you're going into a hospital in one of those states, you might be coming face to face, literally, with a person who's not vaccinated, who works there. And many of those states are the states that have the highest rate of COVID-19 deaths. But mandates actually work. You know, United Airlines mandated, they had what, 200 people out of, out of 50,000 who said no? I mean, over and over and over again, the New York City Police Department, they said tens of thousands of people are gonna quit with the mandates. No, nobody quit and everybody's vaccinated. They said it was going to, you know, with the airlines, it was going to ground the planes. No, it didn't happen. Uh, in Houston, there was a, an entire health care system. They had 150 people that they fired or quit because they didn't want to get vaccinated. That's out of tens of thousands. I mean, this is just these judges. It's uh, this over 150. This, actually, it was over 25,000. The New York Times ran, ran the headline, over 150 Texas hospital workers are fired or resigned over vaccine mandate. They failed to note that, that there, that was out of 25,000 people. Houston Methodist hospitals went from 75% vaccinated to 99.4% vaccinated in three months because of the federal mandate. And here we've got this judge who's trying to blow up the mandate. Why? Why are Republicans trying to get more Americans sick? Very simple. If they can keep the vaccine, if they can keep the virus circulating, if they can keep this disease going, if they can keep our hospitals overwhelmed and our citizens afraid to go shopping or afraid to go to a restaurant, they can keep the economy down. And if they can keep the economy down, 
they think they can win elections because voters will punish Biden and the Democrats who are running the economy right now. That's the simple equation. And now you've got right-wing crazy judges like this guy, Matthew Schulp, who are turning this from right-wing ideology into law. It's insane. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.